Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, episode 89, Rights Out and Away We Go edition of the Grip Strip Podcast, post-Thanksgiving edition. Uh, we did it on a Friday, now we're back on a Wednesday. Uh, my name is Phil Matthew, I'm here with my co-host Josh Fine, coming from Virginia this week. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good, you know, it's uh, pretty cold in Virginia, I mean, I mean, it's not like too cold, but you know, it's um, colder than what I normally used to in Florida this time of year, so. Um, you know, definitely got that going on for me, but you know, doing good otherwise, and, um, you know, like rights out and away we go. Um, would be funny to hear uh, Croft, you say that on Sunday, but he probably won't. But uh, still, yeah. that's what everybody will be saying. Yeah, that's we've been saying that. I don't know, in the chat on the grid talk chat that there is and a bunch of other places. So, uh, Unfortunately, that's uh, part of it with uh, what we're going to have this weekend, the first ever Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, which we will preview here on the Grip Strip podcast. Uh, we will also talk about the Bathurst 1000, which will end uh, this year's uh, interesting supercar season with how many races they had at similar same tracks and basically Shane Van Gisbergen dominating to a, a, a to a level similar to Kyle Larson, but gets less press. Uh, but Shane Van Gisbergen is two-time Supercars champion trying to go and repeat at Bathurst uh, in GP preview. Yeah, I mean, that will be um, something to see. Can Ford uh, take a win here at Bathurst after what has been a pretty awful year, a transitional year. They're bringing in a lot of newer talent, younger talent uh, for next year with the Gen 3 car, which is the same time as now NASCAR is going to have the Gen 7. We're going to go into news, a lot of news, because there wasn't a whole lot of racing, um, you know, like they're all different series, all different teams are doing, uh, making moves in the Cup Series. You've had some recent announcements, uh, the banquets this weekend right now, uh, as we speak or whatever, they're going to they're doing donuts and crap in, in Broadway and in Nashville and on in the wet conditions uh, the penske guys for the last time as teammates all did a triple burnout together uh, we've seen some other news through all three major nascar series um we'll also get into indycar there's been announcements uh today and in recent days about some testing and some people that might be going certain places um so we're gonna get into all of that we will um, also discuss F2 at Saudi. We'll also, but they've been off for a, a while. There's been changes because a lot of people ran out of budget. And um, we'll talk about football and fantasy football. It was an interesting week. Um, I think we both yeah, took we L's. Both got crushed. Um, yep. And I lost to Professor J um, pretty badly. So Professor J will not go winless. Um, I thought that there was a chance that you were going to win and it would affect uh, the overall standings for Vic and Wilson. Instead, Vic and Wilson had a pretty close battle and Vic took the win. Um, got to see both of them uh, this weekend. So that was great. You know, uh, two of my best friends, uh, we've known each other for God knows how long. Um, so it was cool to see them. We'll talk about some of the crazy coaching news in NCAA. Um, the fact that Josh's head coach could possibly go back to college along with um, your along with the Arizona Cardinals head coach who was unsuccessful in college, but um, might consider going back, which would be interesting thing and not be the greatest idea. But who knows? Cliff Kingsbury is yeah. an interesting guy. Uh, so 
the first thing we will discuss uh, in regards to the show tonight um, is the news that Richard Petty Motorsports has sold their majority share. Andy Merstein has sold his share of the company to Maury Gallagher, uh, better known as GMS Racing. Um, GMS Racing had announced previously that Ty Dillon was going to drive their um, car next year. They said they had a charter, but based on the announcement that they made today, they didn't have a charter. Um, I guess they were working on getting one. Uh, They're now going to have two charters, the car, the 43 car, of course, which is Eric Jones, and what is the 94 car uh, with Ty Dillon will use a charter that has been leased to Rick Ware Racing uh, for the last few years. And uh, that'll be a two-car organization on the heels of Trackhouse taking over Ganassi's charters, and they'll have two charters after leasing one last year, I believe. And then um, 2311 bought the 13 charter to get Bubba in there, and now they bought out um, the 37, I believe, or it might be double zero. I think they bought the double zero. Yeah, Starcom, um, I think that's what it was. Yeah, and they bought the double zero <laughs> charter to now uh, get Kurt Busch um, locked in. And then you have, um, I think I said colleague, but colleague had got two from Spire. Um, Spire's still working on trying to get another. And um, I think that's about it. But, and then there was an announcement because they're in Nashville. Uh, so track house announced the Tootsie sponsorship for six races on, uh, uh, Daniel Suarez's car. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Menards announced they're going to be on the two and the 12 and the 21, which is not shocking. Uh, some other things we'll get into the Xfinity and trucks here in a moment, but I think the initial piece is the fact that basically for all intents and purposes, Richard Petty's involvement in some direct form um, is over. Um, I mean, you can make the case he hasn't really been involved since the Gillette deal or when he got in with Everham. It's been probably since 2008. Yeah, 2008. But yeah, but um, I guess thoughts on uh, Maury Gallagher going and going all in in Cup. Um, he's been a big time truck owner for many years. His son drove and was a character, um, got DDT'd by John West Townley at Gateway, um, in an epic wrestling match. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, GMS has been a factor in truck series championships and stuff. So now they're going to commit to cup series and they're really making a commitment to charters. I think 12 to 15 million based on some of the reports that they were seeing out there and the likes of racer and motorsport and some of the other outlets for how much they're paying for those charters. So, um, interesting time here in NASCAR with the gen seven coming here, uh, starting in 2022, huh, Josh? Yeah, it's definitely interesting with the way that this is going down because I don't think anybody foresaw uh, RPM selling out. I think we all kind of thought that they would just, you know, continue on as a single car team. And especially it's kind of weird because just recently within the last week, they had already announced the the sponsorship or at least a part-time sponsorship um, that, uh, that they had, uh, either was like focus, something focus assist focus or, factor. Yeah, the, yeah. Focus factor. Yeah, that's right. For Eric Jones, their number 43 car. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously that had to be also in the deal or in the works when that announcement was coming along, but the way that this is going down, it's like, well, you thought that RPM would go on and be funded by this, uh, no name company, which we've never heard, heard of before, but now they're selling out to GMS. So I guess it kind of makes sense 
that they'll have that funding, but then they're going to be uh, backed by GMS now, or it's going to become GMS now. So uh, there's not really going to be any issues with uh, you know, putting a, uh, or fielding a car uh, for funding because you know, obviously Gallagher is very rich uh, owning uh, Allegiant Airlines and all that stuff. So uh, it's uh, you know, kind of sad, I guess, that RPM is no longer a thing now. But you know, like like we said, RPM hasn't been a thing since or Richard Petty or Petty Enterprises ended in 2008. They became uh, Gem for a year or whatever it was called, and then then they evolved into RPM, and they've been like that since like 2010 or whatever it was. And now they're uh, selling out. And now it's being absorbed into GMS. So I guess they're going to keep the 43 car as it is. You know, historic uh, 43 number. Sure, they'll just uh, uh, keep the number uh, the same style. And everything, and then you know, Eric Jones now is going to be a teammate uh, to Ty Dillon, uh, so that's going to be an interesting pairing. One guy that's kind of making his return to the Cup Series with Ty Dillon versus a guy that's kind of been a seasoned veteran now with Eric Jones. He's had a couple of good runs uh, last year in the 43 car, but I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot there. I mean, it's mostly because it's the 43 car. And then you also have to wonder uh, for the performance uh, level of the car. Do they improve uh, in their week-to-week performance? Do they get better? Uh, does it help both of the cars now that they have, uh, instead of one single car or two single car teams, now you have one two-car team? And certainly that uh, makes the resources and information sharing and engineering uh, definitely uh, better for both those teams. They can uh, improve each other uh, with all that data. So those are all the things to think about. And then, you know, another thing to think about is the, uh, the IndyCar with uh, – U.S. Air Force, they ended their sponsorship with uh, Connor Daly. You do have to wonder if uh, they were planning on ending the sponsorship with the 43 car. You know, they've been a partner with that team for many, many years now. Um, you have to wonder if that sponsorship is getting pulled uh, at any point, if they decide to pull from out from motorsports period, or you know, are they going to consolidate into NASCAR and maybe they get a few more races than what they had in previous years uh, with the Air Force on the 43 car? Yeah, that's definitely a good question because the Air Force has been there for a long time. Um, you know, it, it would be interesting if they decided they wanted to go and invest more into the NASCAR deal when for many years, I think the IndyCar deal gets them a little bit more exposure. And to be fair, I think they get more exposure with Connor Daly because he's got more of a personality anyway. But you know, it's it's possible. You know, I, th- I think I'm just going to go through here. Um, it says uh, Air Force will sponsor three races next year. Talladega, the uh, early Talladega race, April or I mean in, in April and in Road America and Bristol uh, playoff race. Of course, also, excuse me, they're going to have Dave Allen's move over from the number nine Xfinity program to be the crew chief. They'll have ECR engines. They have a connection to RCR. So in essence, if you really start getting into it, um, they're going to be a two-car team, and then RCR is a two-car team. Uh, Colleague also gets ECR engines. So in turn, it's a way. It's an interesting way to circumvent the rules uh, here in NASCAR. You could theoretically say they have six cars per weekend at the racetrack. And, you know, I think now it's Stuart Haas with some of the stuff they're doing between adding Rick Ware's crap and then um, you have the live fast car number 78. In theory, they have seven cars out there. Um, Hendrick will have six cars with the track house team because they're going to probably keep the Hendrick engines. Um, 
So now we're getting into a different phase now with the Gen 7 where the super teams are starting to be built. And I think that's where we're going anyway. I think they want four manufacturers and 10 cars a piece. Well, you're kind of getting there um, by doing this. And there was a time here when there was flush, the sport was flush with money and you had multiple car teams by multiple owners. Um, now there's just less owners that have more cars. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see if RCR, they made strides last year with both Dylan, I mean, Austin Dylan, and especially Tyler Reddick. Uh, will the addition of Maury Gallagher's money help the 43 program and Eric Jones, who's one of the better young talents in the sport, people forget. He is a truck series champion. He contended in Xfinity. He won cup races for Joe Gibbs before getting sent. Um, so he has a talent. Dave Ellens is a good crew chief. Uh, he got Clyde that championship in Xfinity, got William Byron a championship in Xfinity, um, and Tyler Reddick, and they're all in cup. And one of them's a cup champion, and uh, one of the two of them are rookie have won rookie of the year. Um, I forget. I don't think Reddick won rookie of the year. Maybe he did. I'm just forgetting off the top of that. Um, I mean, Reddick is a two time Xfinity champion. You know, one one time with JRM, and then the year after with RCR. Yeah, a year with RCR. Yeah. I don't remember if he won Cup Rookie of the Year. No, I don't. Um, I don't think. Oh, he Custer did. won. Custer won yeah. last year because by, by default. default. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Um, but um, fact of matters, we'll see with that. One other piece that came out that kind of combines the truck series part is uh, Front Row Motorsports. They're going to continue in the truck series, but they're also going to continue in the Cup Series. There was a point where 2311, we were talking about the whole charter things a few moments ago. Uh, there was... Uh, rumors for a little while and it looked like that they were going to go and sell out to 2311 and that was going to be the end of uh front row motorsports but instead um uh, michael hackdow will return for another year um in the 34 car uh but for the fourth year in a row which is interesting when i read that earlier on jay's key or whatever um he'll have a new teammate in the 38 car but it's a familiar teammate in the sense that it's a gillen but it's not David Gill. It's not Butch Gilliland. Uh, it's going to be Todd Gilliland, who's going to be a rookie in the Cup Series next year. I thought that that was kind of in the cards, uh, you know, after how he ran this year in the um, Truck Series, the way he was, the way things were going. I felt like he was going to get the call and um, the family connections, all the lineage, all the things. Todd Gilliland has been a, a prospect in NASCAR for a while, and uh, Bob Jenkins is going to give him a shot uh, to run a cup car next year. Uh, I don't know who else is a rookie. I don't think there are any other rookies, so he's going to be like Johnny Benson in 96, and some of the other people like Stephen Light and Andy Lally and others. Um, I think uh, Kevin Conway. There's been some yeah, random 2010 Rookie of the Year Kevin Conway. That the there, there's been car. some, yeah, yeah, the the hard on pill car. Yeah, and then he's like, you had, I mean, you had Johnny Benson who had won ASA Championship. John Benson Jr. I can't talk like Larry Newber. I wish I could. Um, John Benson Jr. And I love when they say that. It's the same way like some of the other people, the way they pronounce names, like Lee Diffie. But um, he won the ASA title in '93. Came to he flipped, and that year he flipped Ernie's Bush car down the backstretch at Michigan on the first lap of the Bush race, the Detroit Gasket 200, which was hilarious. Um, that was his Bush Series debut, I think. And then he came back, he drove the 74 base motorsports car, one rookie of the year in 94, won the championship in 95, 
went to Bahari Racing to take over that fruitcake Michael Waltrip won Rookie of the Year on a pose of 96. Ran also in 97 before he went to Roush and whatever. Um, that was when Roush expanded to five cars that year. That was the first time they had a five-car team back then. Uh, you're driving a Cheerios car when um, General Mills came into the sport. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Todd Gillen, that'll be an interesting thing. I I, I know um, we're going to get into the trucks as well with that because there's been a lot of news uh, with that. But um, the news of Todd Gillen moving up to the Cup Series, uh, I, I guess the question is, do you see, because with the Gen 7, everyone's starting kind of at a clean slate, does Todd Gilland have a better shot to kind of be able to perform? Do you think he'll be able to outperform his current teammate uh, and then, you know, kind of be able to show up and do things? Because he's an aggressive guy. He knows how to drive. He knows how to win. And um, I think he has a little more of that killer instinct that his dad didn't really have. Um, he's more like his grandfather, I think, in that sense. But does he have the moxie? Does he have the potential to stick in the Cup Series and kind of make a career for himself and maybe move up the ladder, maybe move up to a bigger team? Because the youth in the sport, I mean, I there there really is there are there is youth, but youth and talent not so much. So, um, and in certain teams like Stuart Haas, you know, with Kevin Harvick, he's freaking old and he's only going to run two more years or three more years. Um, they need to find a replacement for him and, um, Errol Marola. I mean, Briscoe and Custer are going to be their cornerstone guys probably for a while, but they need other guys. Brad Keselowski needs another guy probably after Chris Buescher too, you know, like he's not going to be around forever. So, what were your thoughts on the announcement for Front Row with Todd Gilliland now moving up to the Cup Series? Um, and he'll have Seth Barber as his crew chief, same way as um, Anthony Alfredo did. And then prior, prior to that, John Hunter Nemechek the year before. Yeah, it was an interesting announcement, I, I think, with Todd Gilliland uh, going from you know basically running in the Truck Series for his dad's team, now taking over the car that his dad uh, formerly drove not, only, or not even that many years ago uh, in the 38 car, uh, but... I thought maybe Todd Gillen would go to the, go to the uh, Xfinity series because normally the progression in, in NASCAR has been truck series, Xfinity, and then uh, cup series. But I think one of the factors with uh, this new gen seven car is that it's pretty slow. Uh, it seems like it's hard to drive, but it's slow. Uh, you know, they spend a little bit on the edge, kind of like uh, the old uh, gen five cars, or gen four cars, but, uh, it's, just, it's just slow and you know the speeds in the truck series probably are not all that different from what the current configuration is with uh, the gen 7 car uh, with next gen cars so I think maybe uh, that similarity if there is any maybe he can just leapfrog the uh, Xfinity series and then just move on to cup and drive for a mid-range team like front row certainly has the support of Ford uh, behind him but uh, they're, you know, they're not the best team. Um, they may be on some race days, uh, equitable to, or equivalent to Roush, uh, at least to how they were, you know, up until this, uh, upcoming year when Keselowski is going to take over, but certainly, you know, they had very similar performance levels there. Um, but now with, uh, Todd Gilliland, I mean, he's an aggressive driver. Like you said, he knows how to win races. We've seen him win before. Uh, he's probably has a lot more experience knowing how to win than Michael McDowell. I mean, like, you know, the only time Michael McDowell has ever been in position to win while well, he crashed Keselowski and Logano to win the Daytona 500 uh, earlier in 2021. So uh, Dodd Gillen actually knows how to win races. Now we have to see him be able to prove it in the cup series. 
So this could be interesting, kind of like a, a wild card team, I guess. Like some races, they may do really well, finish maybe in the top 10, top 15. And there are probably going to be some other races where they finish outside the top 20. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, especially with this new car. There's going to be a lot of variables uh, coming into play. So definitely uh, it could be an interesting you know season for him. So far, only rookie. I mean, could be the only rookie of the year uh, if he's the only guy competing on the full-time schedule. So we'll see how that happens if they announce any more rookies. But um, could be a, a good potential lineup uh, there. I mean, Michael McDowell, I mean, he's good on super speedways. So uh, he'll definitely be good or a good teammate there. And they have, uh, you know, good road course ability there too on, on some uh, instances. So um, Gill and one at Coda. There. Yeah, and that too. So. Uh, we could see some of that come into play. So uh, it's an interesting lineup that they're going to have an interesting announcement. So uh, we'll see if there are any more rookies being announced for 2022. Yeah, I mean, uh, based on what's left, I mean, I've, unless somebody does it with Rick Ware, it's going to be hard to see um, another rookie come up um, to run full-time. Um, I think there might be part-time options uh, here uh, because of Loris Hensman's Jacques Villeneuve car will run part-time. There's going to be some other part-time cars. The second college car is going to be a part-time car, um, but, you know, they're going to run A.J. Allmendinger and Daniel Hemrick more than likely, um, which means they're not rookies. I mean, it's fine. You know, I it's not going to be as bad. There's been some bad rookie classes over the years. There's been some, but we named a couple, two, three of the worst rookie of the years has ever been in Cup Series um, earlier. But I think Todd Gillen, if he his thing is don't wreck uh, a lot. If he does that, then he's better than the last two guys that were in the car. Um, and especially now with the Gen 7 car, you wreck a lot. It's going to be a big problem. It's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, we will see, though, what occurs, what takes place with all of that. Um, in regards to the Xfinity series, um, Nashville, I mean, it kind of goes with the Cup series as well. Uh, Nashville Fairgrounds. It looks like um, starting in 2023, we'll be back as a NASCAR uh, Big Three Series track, which will be pretty cool, um, which will be great. Uh, I mean, the what's it called? The uh, SRX ran there and had a great, great run, and it was the Battle of the Elliot Elliots. Clyde, William Clyde Elliott, the first and William Clyde Elliott, the second, um, William Clyde Elliott, the first had a chance to win, but his son, who's was the defending cup series champion at that point, went out there in a one-off appearance and won. And, uh, so that was a great, and it was a sold out crowd. Um, they're going to develop the track and make some, uh, make some improvements and, uh, likely that Nashville fairgrounds will have, uh, Probably a triple header coming soon enough. Maybe a lot of two races in Nashville. That'll be something. Um, Miguel Paluto will be running the uh, in the star car number 88 at the road courses with the brand professional agriculture. Um, the way that Justin Allgaier says it, I wouldn't know that he says professional agriculture because he says it so quickly. But um, Miguel Paluto will be running the cool multicolored um, brand car next year, which will be number 88. 
So for Josh, uh, as the junior Junebug fan, he gets the eight and the 88. Eight with a likely championship favorite in um, Josh Berry and the 88 with um, Junebug and others. I mean, the and Josh Berry won at, uh, he won the uh, late model race last week at Southern National Motorsports Park. And that was the, um, that's a late model stock, not the um, super late or any of the, because they're, I mean, so late model scheduling, let me take over the eight. Yeah. Carson Quapple. Well, there you go. That's a one, that's a name. So Alabama man's kids driving for JRM. So figure Carson Quapple will be making limited starts here in the 88 car next year. Um, and eventually will be up there. Um, they haven't announced Josh Berry's number yet. My thinking would be the number five because they already have the seven, eight, nine, and 88. Um, I mean, your options at that point is if you're Hendrick, if you're using Hendrick numbers, it would be the five, the 24, or the 48. The 48's being used already with, um, uh, what's his name, Buford. Uh, the five is being used by BJ McLeod but doesn't make a difference. And then um, the 24, I don't think is being used. So maybe they'll use number 24, but yeah, we'll see with all that. Um, the Xfinity series, Joey Gase announced a couple weeks ago, he's going to run his own team, which doesn't really matter. Um, Mike Harmon and Cesar Baccarello are running their cars at Rockingham. They got nailed. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, but you know, it's Mike Harmon. What do you expect? Uh, yeah. The um, the winner of the Phoenix uh, Truck Series race for a second win of the year, Chandler Smith, has been re-upped with Safe Light and uh, to drive the number 18. So that'll be uh, a return. Both car, both team uh, drivers and crew chiefs will return in 2022 for the Kyle Busch Motorsports team. And um, as I open a beer. Um, so that'll be interesting. Will um, of course, uh, John Hunter wasn't able to close the deal and uh, kind of spit the bit at Phoenix. Um, will he be able to return the next year and get the job done? That's something we'll see. Uh, Hattori Racing Enterprises is going to run a two truck organization next year. They have basically taken like the two half of what was GMS Racing's truck organization and signed them they're gonna have tyler ankrum drive the 16 truck with um leuna as his major sponsor for most of the year and then chase purdy will be bringing his money uh with bama buggies over to what will be the number 61 uh truck for um hre and then you'll know the random all the other random sponsors that over time they put on the truck will probably get in there for both of them and so they'll have a two-truck organization toyota um trying to solidify their situation um it's not like they needed any more help but now um they're gonna have two kyle bush trucks two hre trucks and four theoretically four uh, trucks out of thor sport i mean i think the only person that the only two we know that Crafton and Rhodes are going to be back. We don't know who else, if the other two or what the situation is with the other two trucks. So you definitely have six trucks and most of them are competitive. Um, so that was, those are a couple of announcements. And also in regards to GMS, since GMS has been a big part of conversation so far tonight, Zane Smith, who backed his way into the final four, will be taking over Todd Gillen's truck 
ride at Front Row Motorsports slash David Gilliland Racing um, in the 38 uh, next year. So a lot of shuffling with big rides in the truck series. Um, Tate Fogelman, who uh, hooked John Hunter to win his first career race, will be on on will be driving the number 30 for On Point Motorsports next year. So that leaves an opening at Young's Motorsports, uh, multiple openings at Young's Motorsports that probably won't be announced until late January anyway. Um, yeah, and then you add also that Spire is going to be running a, a truck, but they don't, nothing else really came out. I, I think, what is it? It said Bono Mannion's going to be the crew chief. So that's something. But other than that, we don't know who's going to drive. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So there's a lot of moving parts in regards to the truck series right now, considering it's only December. Usually a lot of this stuff starts coming together in January when we come back from our break, Josh, and then they start all these stories and people start coming together. But um, there's a lot more movement in the truck series here. And it's it's interesting. It's good to see, even though GMS is kind of contracting their situation to like two trucks with uh, Grand Infinger and Jack Wood, um, some other teams are expanding. Uh, there, there actually seems to be a little bit of health um, in the truck series at the moment. Even, we're a series that has been hurting for for count um, over recent years. I mean, you're definitely right about that. The, the truck series, the uh, especially with Zane Smith going from uh, GMS going to uh, DGM or uh, front David, row or DGM, Crosley. yeah, yeah, front row DGM, basically, yeah, that's the interesting pairing there. And talking about the way that Zane Smith has been able to race uh, so far in his young career with Truck Series at GMS, does the performance go down in the Truck Series with DGM? Although, I mean, he would be their one of their better drivers by default um, on you know his career alone. So we could see uh, maybe he drives it better than Todd Gilliland has. Uh, maybe he doesn't. So that's going to be interesting, I think. Um, I, I feel like maybe that's a step below the GMS cars, but could be wrong. It's just the, the drivers just haven't uh, been able to do as much and haven't had as much consistency. So we could see something like that. Um, Young's Motorsports, obviously, they, uh, they're losing Tate Fogelman, but I mean they, they have development drivers in ARCA. I mean, I think what's the one uh, late lady racer, the uh, uh, Tony Bredinger, I think that's her yeah. name. Yeah, she might. I mean, I think she, I think she moved over to yeah. Venturi, Venturini, yeah. Venturi, Venturini. Yeah. But then who knows what she's doing. Her and that Regina striving, yeah. spending more time together, going to clubs and doing whatever, and eating sushi yeah. um, than but, they are with racing. But yeah, I, I know. But you're there's saying. still an opening. Yeah, there's still an opening there to get into the truck series with the team she previously drove for. So that could be possible, but I mean, I'm just throwing names out there really. Yeah. Uh, with that. She, the, yeah. They got so many people. I mean, Tate Fogelman came out of nowhere yeah. uh, last year and they put him in a ride. Um, Tyler, what is it? I mean, Tyler Young, whatever. Who's the guy that won Spencer Boyd uh, won that Talladega race the year before that or two years before yeah. that. Uh, I mean, I think it, it, it's for the it, what the truck series is going to be is it's going to be very top heavy. Um, there's going to be a lot of fat on the bottom of the truck series. Uh, there ain't going to be once you get past those bigger teams, it's going to kind of look ugly. Uh, you're going to have Uncle Norm out there getting black flagged and complaining and Jennifer Hocob and them likes and Tim Vines with his maggot bullshit. 
um, getting rid of the Roe v. Wade, probably running a Roe v. Wade, let's go Brandon special um, with the, what's that idiot's name, uh, Roger Carter. Um, you know, they'll be running that bullshit, but, you know, you'll have those idiots out there because it's akin to running ARCA anymore. And, and then, you know, Xfinity, I think Xfinity might be a little bit more competitive uh, because JRM's going to put a lot more into it. Because now they're not really going to be um, a cup program, at least for another year. Um, I have a hard time believing that Junebug is going to spend $50 million on a charter. Um, they don't think as much as Junebug is multimillionaire. I don't think he wants to spend $50 million on a charter. Um so in that sense, unless Josh Berry is contending to win a championship and he goes and wins a championship and he wants to put his boy in a cup car, um, then that might change things. Uh, it would be like it would be akin to like Dale Jarrett situation, but fast forwarded to today, um, a guy who was in his 30s who was a theoretical late bloomer, um, didn't have the support, didn't have the big ride, all that stuff, and then he gets brought into the big spot big show and does his job but even in that sense i don't even think it's on i i i'd have to come up with somebody else i don't i don't really know i think jail jarrett's the good one because he ended up making it in his 30s and then had this huge career um benefited from the unfortunate wreck of ernie irvin um joe gibbs racing exists coming along um he had a bunch of things you know neil bonnet's wreck because of ernie Irvin. you know like there's a whole bunch of things that had to happen for dale jarrett in josh berry's case it's basically he's won late model races for all these years and he's close friends with Junebug, and Junebug finally said i'm gonna go and make sure you're in an xfinity car and put him in xfinity car for half a year and he did better than sam Mayer. And uh, even when he jumped in other people's cars, he was doing all right. He even did well in those spire pieces of crap. So there's a lot to be said uh, about that. Um, I think, uh, but I do, I, I find it interesting. There's all these announcements with the truck series uh, with competitive teams, teams that made the playoffs, teams with drivers that were in the playoffs. Uh, it speaks to the likelihood of a more competitive season uh, going into 2022, albeit I think John Hunter is going to dominate um, and he's going to put more of an emphasis on winning stages and wins. Uh, so he gives himself an even bigger cushion so that, you know, even if worst case scenario happens, he could even ride it out. Um, I mean, in the final race of the season, it doesn't matter, but he gives himself a bigger cushion and puts himself in a place where um, even if shit happens, he can still recover from it. Um, in IndyCar, uh, wanted to go and get some news, take care of some news over there. In regards to the IndyCar series, um, there's um, the Jack Aiken and uh, Callum Eilat are going to be coming over here. Uh, I mean, of course, Cal Milot's going to be driving the 77 car um, the, for Junkos Hollander. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn, uh, Nick DeVries, uh, who are the Mercedes uh, Formula E drivers. Nick DeVries, of course, is the Formula E world champion. Um, Jack Aiken is going to be driving for ECR. 
uh, testing. Um, they've had, uh, you know, they have Reinhardt Ray, Connor Daly, of course, is there as a possibility, but Jack Aiken, who has funding, who's been part of Williams' driver development program, uh, been in F2, F3, uh, looking for options. You have Stoffel Van Dorn, who's going to be driving for Arrow McLaren, and then Nick DeVries, who's going to be driving for Meyer Shank. They've both announced they're going to be back driving for Mercedes EQ and Formula E. Um, that's going to be their last year in that category um, before somebody buys them out or whatever. And then, um, oh, where is it? Yeah, Cal Bylot, of course, will get another test in number 77 car since he'll be um, running full time. And that'll be this week, coming week at Sebring. Uh, there's uh, Dalton Kellett, of course, and his money will come back to AJ Foyt Racing to run in the back. Um, supposedly, he's a nice guy, um, but he's not very good. But he's like the Michael Annette of IndyCar. Um, he doesn't really hurt anybody, and um, he doesn't know how to use mirrors, but he's out there. Uh, Beth Peretta is also looking to try to come back for Indy. Face all this and Marshall Pruitt stuff, whatever. Um, I need motorsport.com is much harder to run when you're trying to run a podcast, probably because my computer is not the best, but my computer is not as bad as it used to be. Um, you got, I mean, I'm trying to see what else is there. You know, if I try to do this, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll get into that. Um, also, um, here in the Formula One part, we'll get into that when the Formula One deal. Um, well, does. McLaren buying out the yeah, McLaren getting multiple uh shares or the majority share for Aero McLaren SP. I think that's yeah. pretty big too, right? Yeah, that's a big part because you know, I mean, with Zach Brown and all the business ventures he's got going on, um, Sam Schmidt and Rick Peterson making out like bandits. Um, Sam Schmidt, after what he invested into IndyCar and IRL before that, and Rick Peterson, who ended up coming on with him, to now get bought out by the McLaren group and then all the Arab people and then freaking Zach Brown. Uh, now they're not really the own, they're not the owners anymore. They're just on the board. Um, so that's a big money deal there. Figure Arrow is going to benefit somewhat from that too because um, it might help, you know, Sam Schmidt walk. Uh, it might help other people walk. So that'll be a positive. And in turn, it'll help the organization that looks like they're going to go to a three car team, two cars full time. Of course, the Pato Award, who finished in top uh, five in points, and uh, Felix Rosenquist, who has shown potential, um, had the huge wreck at Detroit. And then uh, they're going to run a third car, kind of hoping it's Juan Pablo Monterrier, um, because I'm a Juan Pablo Monterrier guy. Um, and I still think he has it, and it would be good for the team. But there's plenty of options out there with all these F2, F3 guys. Uh, Could bring back Askew, too. Yeah, Askew is, is out. I mean, Askew's running Formula E. Brandretti, so he might be on deck, you know, as kind of like a reserve. Uh, and I think, um, but I, that's a good one. I mean, it'll be cool, but I think, I think they burned that bridge with Oliver Askew, and, and I was hoping he would have gotten the Ray Hall ride. Um, they gave it to Jack Harvey, and they they put the high V deal with Jack Harvey, and then they're gonna run what's his name from Formula Formula Two Lundgaard, um, and bring his money from Europe and Alpine to go and run that car. 
Uh, I think that was a mistake. It's going to end up being, to me, leaving Oliver Askew out there. Um, it might end up that he goes and gets signed by the likes of a Penske or someone. Maybe Andretti saves him for the sports car program that it sounds like he wants to do. Uh, Michael Andretti said he was like 48 hours away from buying the Sauber team. So it's kind of crazy how that all worked out. Um, oh, look, Chaz Mostert won the TCR title in Australia. Um Got United Osborne, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, I'm freaking tired too. Um, yeah, I mean, is there any, I mean, I don't know if you have anything on, on some of those announcements there, Josh, uh, that came along. Um, there's some testing. I mean, the 20 car in um, IndyCar is probably the most uh, viable car that still isn't announced yet. Um, you have different options. Of course, you have Connor Daly, who drove the car most of the year last year. Ryan hunter Ray, who's a champion, an Indy 500 champion, uh, looking to go and keep his career going. And then, of course, you have a bunch of European drivers that are of readily available that probably have a lot of cash uh, to come in to go and partner Renus VK for most of the year. I mean, Mike Conway did that uh, many years ago. Um, and previous guys of Ed Carpenter racing and was able to win. Uh, there's been other guys I've driven that car and made into Spencer Piggott and then got into the full-time car. And Spencer Piggott now is, you know, sports car driver too, like Oliver Askew was at times this year and others. Um, where your um, takeaways from the IndyCar news here this past week uh, or recent days uh, has come out for uh, 2022. Yeah, I mean, starting off with the 20 car, I think I feel like maybe Connor Daly might be out of the mix for that. Uh, I mean, he doesn't really have uh, a lot of sponsorship with him. I mean, he's definitely should be in that ride still, uh, maybe even full time if Ed Carpenter decided to hang it up. Uh, he's definitely got the personality to be in the series. Uh, we saw his talent, especially uh, at the Indy 500 earlier this year in the 47, uh, you know, leading laps at that race. Uh, but of course, losing Air Force. Uh, that's one of his main sponsors, and uh, that's uh, basically his funding for that ride. So uh, he might be out of the mix there. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, of course, uh, brings uh, a name to the another name to that car, a former champion. So uh, a lot of credibility there too. Uh, but I feel like he might be still uh, wanting to, you know, drive full time in the series. Of course, they can bring out the third car for the ovals uh, when Carpenter decides to drive. But you know, I think with uh, Ryan Hunter Gray, he probably wants to stay in the same car for the entire season. I'm sure Carpenter can figure something out there. Uh, so that would definitely bring a, a, a new driver, championship level driver to that team, uh, help Renus VK improve. Uh, so that could be a possibility. Uh, but it's probably going to go likely, like you said, to somebody that's uh, uh, European from F2, F3, that's got money that can help bring funding to that team and bring stability to the ownership and uh, split time with uh, Ed Carpenter on the road and street course uh, schedule uh, versus local schedule there. Um, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot else that happened in Indy this week. I mean, of course, mentioned Dalton Kellett getting re-signed, uh, of course, helps uh, the AJ Foyt team uh, continuing. I mean, not really as a driver standpoint, but of course, from a sponsorship and money standpoint, bring in funding, bring in uh, money for uh, him to be able to, uh, you know, help the team uh, that way. Uh, McLaren taking over uh, majority ownership. I think that's good uh, for McLaren. I mean, I think their goal was to eventually own an IndyCar team. And we thought that maybe initially it would be a, a team uh, that they created on their own, like how they entered 
the Indy 500 back in 2019 with Fernando Alonso. Um, but uh, now they basically just bought out uh, the, the former, you know, spam team, uh, spam air. Well, I guess it's spam arrow McLaren, but spam, former, yeah. yeah. Smith Peterson arrow racing and they bought them out now, basically now they own that team. Uh, so now it's going to be a pipeline for McLaren drivers who wish to come to America Certainly Lando Norris or even Danny Ricardo, the opportunity is there. If they wanted to race in any car, either as a one-off or full-time, uh, the d- opportunity is definitely there. Of course, Juan Pablo Montoya, um, if he decides to come back in any car full-time or even part-time uh, or even just a one-off at the Indy 500, certainly there's that opportunity there uh, to do that. Um, and it, it's definitely good uh, for the IndyCar series as a whole, brings you know credibility to the series with McLaren bringing fan interest. I mean, they already had fan interest with uh, McLaren, of course, uh, already having some stake in the team, but certainly can bring in more fans from uh, Formula One over to uh, watch IndyCar and pay attention to that. So uh, that's a positive. But I, I mean, I think besides the testing news, uh, different drivers, you know, South and Windward, uh, other guys testing, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot uh, to discuss, I guess, with uh, silly season news in regards to IndyCar. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I mean, I think the 20 cars where we're going to have to look at for during this off season, but of course the off season goes all the way to, I mean, March uh, for IndyCar. Uh, a bunch of the preseason testing will start in February. And uh, I think the one piece with the Kellett news is that might've been part of the comfort factor for them to go and swipe Kyle Kirkwood um, to drive the 14 car. Yes. Sebastian Bourdais decided he's going to run sports cars full-time for Ganassi and quit um, running full-time Indy cars. He wants to do part-time Indy cars uh, uh, now, but he wanted to connect with Ganassi and try to win the Le Mans 24 hour. Um, it allowed them to go and get Kyle Kirkwood, who's one of the best young talents there is in open wheel racing. And he, I mean, I think Logan Sargent was probably going to be in play for them. Uh, other teams, probably the Ed Carpenter team was looking at Logan Sargent uh, before he got, uh, he got the call up by Williams. Um, he's going to be an F2 next year. The whole bit with that. He looked like he had no options, and that's why he started hedging with the Indy cars. And once he started hedging with the Indy cars, the Williams deal came along. So now he's basically in where Jack Aitken was uh, in as the third driver. So he's going to probably get uh, first practice uh, opportunities next year and the like. So having Jack Aitken coming over here, we'll see what can what he can bring to the table. Um, Kyle Kirkwood benefits from the Dalton Kellett move uh, as much as anybody. I think uh, Foyt wants the money. They're probably going to keep him around for a while um, as long as they don't crash a lot. And um, he'll hopefully help them get a car and a driver that can actually compete on a weekly basis. Um, Let's um, move on to... Before we get into GSP, um, we're actually going to preview the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Jetta circuit um, coming up here. New track. The rights out and away we go. Grand Prix uh, is going to be something uh, coming up this weekend. F1. Going to a place where they don't care about rights, but they have. They want to go and um, take all their money, all the money at at the uh, and so and so much for we races one right 
yeah, the Wii race is one thing is is a joke. Um, it's it will see what happens in regards to. I'm trying to bring up the schedule and the schedule. Yeah, STC Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. My time will actually be wow. So the race is actually going to be at 12.30 to uh, 2.30 for us. Huh? That's interesting. And then um, qualifying is 12 to 1 in the East Coast. So, I mean, if I somehow or another post this before Saturday, it'll be something. Um, 12 to 1 qualifying. Uh, you have 9 to 10 for practice 3. Then in on Friday, practice 1 will be 8.30, 9.30 a.m. And 12 to 1 uh, practice 2. And then F F two will be back, which will be something with uh, basically a brand new grid, which we'll get into in the roundup. I mean, we've had a couple weeks break. Lewis has been able to cut into the gap. Question is simple, uh, Josh: uh, Can Lewis continue to cut into the gap and make it interesting at Abu Dhabi in a week's time? Um, and what do you expect from both Lewis and Max? Plus. Uh, your picks uh, for this weekend's race and any other standout battles that you may be looking at for a brand new track. We have absolutely no idea what we're going to see here. They're selling it as the fastest street course there's ever been in Formula One. Uh, doesn't look like a whole lot of passing is going to be going on there. So qualifying is probably going to be a big deal uh, here this coming weekend at Saudi Arabia. Of course, they're not going to be laying down a whole lot of rubber. Um even though they're going to be running the um, F2 circuit, your F2 as well in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think for this week at uh, Jeddah Circuit, I mean, it's going to be an interesting race that we see, uh, interesting race weekend. I think for Lewis versus Max, uh, I mean, they, they've both been good all year. At you know at times, uh, Red Bull's been really, uh, really good. They've had a lot of speed. Uh, they've had good handling, uh, good pace. Uh, but in recent weeks, it's looked like, of course, uh, Mercedes has come back. Uh, they've kind of regained back some of their form that they've had in the past. Lewis uh, looks determined uh, to stay in the championship, to win the championship, uh, be the guy with most titles in Formula One racing, most wins. So uh, he's certainly uh, determined to be able to uh, have that opportunity and to um, you know take advantage of all that. Uh, so I think it's going to be a battle of uh, who's got the best car this weekend. Of course, this track is going to be really fast, uh, really fast circuit. Uh, it may not be a lot of passing, like you said. So it's going to come down to which uh, car has the best pace uh, overall throughout the entire weekend. Um, not only the fastest lap in qualifying or even the fastest race lap, but you know, throughout the entire race, uh, uh, how, how much uh, distance can you put on your opponent uh, in this uh, points battle? So, for Lewis, of course, uh, if he doesn't win, Max wins uh, the race. He, and, you know, he finishes second. Uh, Max is going to double his point lead. It's going to be a lot harder uh, at Abu Dhabi to be able to win the championship. And uh, at that point, Max virtually probably wins the title. But um, it could could be the other way around. Does uh, you know? Does Lewis win and uh, Max finish at least in uh, second or below? That would tie the championship at the very least, and we would be going into the final race of the season in a dead heat. Certainly uh, that puts a lot of eyeballs uh, for fans, for TV audience, uh, for Formula One. So that may be uh, what ends up happening here. Lewis tying the championship lead going to the final race. And it's a winner take all race, you know, just like what we see over in the States here uh, in the cup series and everything. So 
uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, factor there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the hot hand here, picking Lewis uh, to win this race. Uh, certainly, he's had a lot of momentum in the last couple of weeks. They've had a little bit of a break, so I mean, there is time to catch up. But I still feel like uh, Mercedes, it seems like they figured something out and uh, keep going on with uh, the momentum there uh, for picking him. So uh, certainly makes the championship race uh, uh, very interesting. And then I think, you know, for the midfield, uh, I mean, I think McLaren looks like, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of time to recover and, you know, be able to catch Ferrari. And it looks like Ferrari is still going to keep going on their uh, bit of uh, being able to maximize their points and just finish uh, in within the points for both of their cars for Carlos Sainz, uh, Charles Leclerc. So probably looks like Ferrari's got their spot in third place uh, wrapped up uh, in the constructors uh, title. Uh, Alpine, AlphaTauri, uh, do they have that opportunity to you know improve their standing? Looks like Alpine's uh, been on a roll here as well. So uh, going into this new circuit, uh, are they able to continue that as Fernando Alonso able to finish within the points again? Espan Ocon, same th- uh, thing for him. Does he uh, get another points finish? Um, looks like Pierre Gasly uh, has been struggling. He's been carrying the team for uh, AlphaTauri. Are they able to kind of recover here uh, this Grand Prix and, and get a little bit more of a respectable finish than they have in past weeks? Uh, so I think those are all, all the things you have to look at for for this uh, you know this team. Of course, you know, we talk about uh, the Williams team. Of course, Sir Frank Williams passing away uh, last week. Of course, rest in peace to him and all our condolences uh, to uh, Williams family. But you know, how did they? Uh, race in their first race after that of course they've already you know been sold to another ownership but they still have the team name but um still uh first race after the you know team uh patriarch has uh been able to uh you know no longer no longer here so uh, of course they want to be able to perform well uh you know george russell does i you know could have an outside chance to get into points finish for him so you know some of these lower teams uh could they uh provide a surprise finish especially on a new track i think that might be something to look out for but i think overall um going to be just uh continuing paying attention to the battle between lewis versus vax and that's what it's all about can lewis make the close the gap make it to where it's going to be a head-to-head showdown i mean it's been a head-to-head showdown all year but to be fair can he make it so where whoever wins the race at abu dhabi wins the world championship or is it going to be uh is he going to need more help than that uh that's something to be determined honestly uh i want to go with my dude um josh went with lewis I'm going to differentiate just because I don't want to send bad juju and feel guilty about it on Sunday uh, with Lewis. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's a new track. It's very fast. For some reason, I feel like Red Bull um, has been sandbagging for a few weeks and that they're going to have something for this spot and put themselves in a position where it's going to be almost impossible for Lewis, no matter what he does. To go and overtake um because at the end of the day he needs it to be seven or eight points um with the with the way the gap is uh in points he needs it to be seven points or yeah even eight points it has to be seven points or lower uh going into abu dhabi for him to have a chance to win the world championship just straight up by winning so i i don't i feel like uh, max wins this and then it becomes virtually impossible 
um, because Max hasn't finished worse than like third the whole entire year when he has finished a race or fourth. So it would be something if he actually um, was knocked out or something else happened. But I think also with the speed aspect of this track, I feel like there's going to be a lot more crashes. There might be more safety cars. Maybe Max makes a mistake. You know, who knows? Uh, maybe Lewis makes a mistake. Uh, and then it becomes out of reach. But that's stuff you will see. I'll pick Max. Um, in regards to Ferrari and McLaren, I think Ferrari is going to end up uh, going and uh, continuing their momentum that they've had in uh, this season, uh, recent weeks and recent races, and uh, go and win the race or not win their battle against McLaren. I mean, who knows? Maybe McLaren shows up. Uh, it's got similar characteristics to Monza. So they could possibly go out there and um, maybe do something. And uh, Pierre Gasly, who's trying to stay in the top 10 and hold their spot. I mean, Alpine probably is taking fifth in the constructors. Um, maybe Fernando Alonso likes this track. It'd be cool if he does, because after he liked uh, the circuit in Qatar, he did really well for himself. So we will see what happens with that. Um, temporary street circuit, the thermal section, the Corniche, 30 kilometer coastal resort area in Saudi Arabia. Yep, we will see. I'm curious. 50 laps. So it isn't. It isn't a long race. So six kilometer circuit with a bunch of S curves and not a lot of hard braking zones. So uh, there's going to be three DRS detection zone, DRS zones, but um, I don't know how much that's really going to help. I don't, the first DRS zone isn't too long. Uh, the second zone uh, is longer. There's really two spots to lead up to the last corner and the lead up to the first corner. And then there's a bunch of BS after. So we will see uh, standings going into um, driver standings going into the race on Sunday. Um, eight points between Verstappen and Hamilton for the championship. Botas is 13 points out of Sergio Perez for third. Uh, Lando Norris is one point out of Charles Leclerc for fifth. He is seven and a half points behind or ahead of Carlos Sainz in seventh. Ricardo Gasly Alonso, the top 10. Uh, the constructor standings Mercedes has a five point lead on Red Bull. Um, Ferrari has a 39 and a half point lead on McLaren for third. A 25-point lead for Alpine over AlphaTauri after the last race for fifth. And then the rest of it is basically set. The next piece will be the GSP roundup. Uh, Bathurst 1000 uh, talk here. Last race of the 2021 Supercars season um, at the Legendary Mountain. One of their great races that exists they call it the great race it's one of the biggest races in the world um the bathurst 1000 uh, cameron waters led the opening practice over Chaz mostert um, they announced that thomas randall be running a castrol car in 2022 um talking about wild card could keep lambs on the bathurst 1000 grand triple be key 
2022 is going to be a silence on the team. Likely, as his wind cup was a wind cup is Garth Tander. CL is part of the, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Craig Lowndes, who's like Jeff Gordon, and Jamie Winchcup is like Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jamie Winchcup is going to retire after this race. Uh, he's had a legendary career, seven time champion uh, of the series. So, we will see what uh, comes of all that. Uh, we'll talk about who won Bathurst 1000 uh, as as a Ford person. I hope it is a Ford. It's been a brutal year for uh, the Ford camp. Uh, Van Gisbergen and Wind Cup have dominated uh, Will Davison and has held up the hand for Ford. In third, Mustard drives for Andretti, Walkinshaw United, the Ogled Holden Racing Team. And he's in fourth after defecting from Ford. Waters, D. Pasquale are fifth and sixth for Ford. Burkat, seventh. Will Brown, I'm forgetting. Will Brown, I think, is a Ford, but I might be wrong. Frosty and Brody Kostecki are top ten, but it doesn't matter. It's Bathurst. It's like winning Indy. It's like winning Daytona 500. If you win Bathurst, especially if you're in Australia, wherever you're at, it um, you become a legend no matter what. So for me, I want one of the DJR cars, whether it's Will Davison or Anton Di Pasquale, um, getting the dub. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, Cam Waters, James Moffat over Chaz Master, Lee Holdsworth, the 17 of Will and Alex Davison third, the 44 of James Gordon and Thomas Randall fourth. Frosty Winterbottom, who's a former winner of this race, Michael Caruso, uh, fifth, so three Fords and two Holdens, Tim Slade, Tim Blanchard, and the number three, six, and then a bunch of Holdens, six Holdens after that, uh, Gene Van Gisbergen, Garth Tander, uh, you had Jamie Wincup and Craig Lowndes, Will Brown, Jack Perkins up there uh, amongst the top half of the field. <laughs> going into Sunday's great race at Mount Panorama. In regards to Formula 2, they'll be coming back to Saudi Arabia. I want to go and bring up something here. Formula 2. Sergeant set to Piastri and Schwartz are really pushing each other out of title showdown. Uh, Carlin's and Antonio, they can't be ruled out of title fight neither. Um, so Logan Sargent's going to make his F2 debut with HWA at Jeddah. And then uh, Jack Dewin, who finished second in F2 points this year, will make his F2 debut with MP Motorsport for the last two rounds. So that'll be interesting. Oscar Piastri um, has a 36-point lead on Guan Yu Zhou, who will be moving to Alfa Romeo next year. Robert Schwartzman, who's getting um, a test with Haas uh, here soon. Oscar Piastri, who's going to be the Alpine uh, test and reserve driver next year. Um, Dick Tantrum is going to be running Formula E after this next couple of weeks. Teo Pocher is going to be back probably next year. Uh, Yuri Vips, Jehan Daruvala, uh, Liam Lawson, Drogovic, and Richard Vishore. Um, yeah, Piazza, Ralph Bouchong, Sergeant, set for F2 debut at Jetta. That was a couple days ago. Seven of back threes in third year. Title champion there. The Williams Jr. narrowing Miss Island Championship. Oscar Piastri. 
And his first victory. So that's cool. Um, Sergeant, who's in our driver cam, is also a race winner in Formula Renault. Will join, yeah. Alisson, Alessio Delato is the worst driver and he's an idiot. So hopefully he beats that loser um, here over this next couple of weeks and um, sends that idiot out of Formula 2. Um, Richard V. Shore. Uh, ran out of money, so Jack Dune will be uh, running uh, with uh, Clement Novalak at MP Motorsport in F2 for the last two races of the year. Um, likely means he's going to be around next year in Formula 2. Uh, Boshong remains with Campos. Follow the race for Campos and Final 2 around. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, some changes. And I mentioned that Oscar Piastri, reserve driver 2022. So um, he has a chance of uh, eventually getting in once Fernando Alonso decides to quit. Uh, try and. Uh, Callan Williams and Barnall TV is posting doesn't try it in his 40 day program. <laughs> so that, that'll be something to see. Um, Logan Sargent is one of the best young talents in the sport, um, no matter what his nationality is. Um, so we'll see how he does uh, relative to everybody else in this spot. Uh, we'll transfer over to football, fantasy football, Josh. Um, your Jaguars tough uh, situation against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it's been a tough few weeks in general. Injury rise for a lot of us as fantasy football owners, but in general. So uh, what were your thinking in regards to football, your Jaguars, and also the fantasy side of things um, over this past week? Yeah, I mean, for the Jags this uh, past Sunday, uh, I mean, I was disappointed in their effort in the first half. It's 21 to three at uh, the beginning of the, you know, the first uh, three quarters, basically. Defense uh, didn't play as well the past couple of weeks uh, through the, uh, you know, uh, through the run game. They let Cordell Patterson run all over him. Uh, hurt me in fantasy because the guy I was playing uh, had, uh, in my other league, had Cordell Patterson. Uh, so it was a tough matchup there. Um, but Trevor had a couple of good drives towards the end of the game, uh, third and fourth quarter, kind of brought him back into it. Uh, so you kind of saw Trevor, what he looked like um, or what he could look like in, in that uh, matchup as a franchise quarterback. We want him to play like, but overall still disappointing loss. Uh, you know, one possession game basically couldn't, and they had the ball uh, with a minute left and they couldn't bring, um, they couldn't bring uh, the, the ball into the end zone there. So that was uh, disappointing, uh, but they're still able to uh, have a couple of uh, good moments there towards the end, uh, you know, game third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. So uh, there's that for the Jacks. Uh, Trevor just needs help. That's the problem. Um, just needs help uh, playing uh, football. Uh, needs better receivers. Needs a uh, uh, better offensive line um, and all that stuff. And uh, better coaching, better play calling. Uh, can't emphasize, emphasize that enough uh, for the Jacks. But fantasy-wise, uh, had a seven-point loss. Uh, in your league, uh, should not have lost that game. Uh, but then Cam Newton, I started Cam Newton and he did not play well. He got benched uh, in that game and played very poorly. Uh, so only got like eight points uh, from Cam Newton. Uh, it's disappointing. Should have had a lot more output from him. If I would have started Kirk Cousins, I would have been golden. If I would have started, uh, would have started uh, Adam Thielen, would have been golden. So uh, it would have been one game behind to Wilson, who then I'm projected to beat now. Uh, this week, so could have uh, 
potentially be uh, tied for second uh, in the uh, Fall Brawl League going into it, have better playoff seeding. But for now, stuck in third, you lost as well. So uh, nothing changed in the top uh, half of the standings there uh, for the most part. Uh, you lost to Professor Jay, get his first one of the year. So I guess not going to have uh, any winless uh, players in this league anymore. But of course, uh, still still a long ways to go in this season. Still got a couple of games left regularly. And then, uh, you know, being able to go into the playoffs, have good seating there uh, and have a couple of weeks of that. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, my other league, I also lost, like I mentioned. Um, it's been been tough. Uh, in that one, but had a good winning streak come to an end. Uh, and now I still have the lead, but uh, need to be able to win the last couple of matchups here, uh, get good seating for that fantasy matchup. Um, but overall, I uh, feel good. I mean, getting Kyler Murray back in my other league, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, so that'd be good. Um, in this league, I picked up the uh, Vikings running back. Uh, it's going to be replacing Dalvin Cook. Uh, so uh, that um, uh, should be interesting, picking up a good running back. Uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, so definitely need an option there for running back. Probably should have picked up Mark Andrews instead, but yeah, that's how it goes sometimes uh, there. But, you know, we talk about uh, the NFL stuff as well, the coaching carousel. Um, it's been interesting uh, coaching changes uh, on the college side could affect the NFL, uh, you know, with the coaching stuff there. Uh, you have uh, Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley going to USC, uh, didn't take the position opening at LSU figure he didn't want to play uh, in the SEC, not to go up, up against that. Uh, and then you saw uh, LSU, Brian Kelly, all of a sudden just uh, getting out of Dodge at Notre Dame. That was definitely a, a surprise move. Uh, had a couple of good recruiting classes coming up, but then ended up uh, taking the job at LSU. And and I think all the players were kind of disappointed in that. And he basically is like, Typical yeah, sorry, Brian Kelly out. move. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sorry, you found out on Twitter and then he gave like a, what two minute speech uh, to the players and then he left. Uh, so it's kind of crappy way to go out, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, of course, Ed Orgeron uh, moving on and uh, at least he was able to go out with the win, but now he's just going to be hanging out on the Florida panhandle uh, and Destin, uh, great beach city and everything, but uh, that's just where he'll be uh, until he decides to coach again. And then of course, uh, my school, uh, Florida, we went and uh, signed uh, why I'm now forgetting the name there. But the guy from uh, the guy Louisiana. from Louisiana uh, yeah. Lafayette or whatever the hell they call him, University of Louisiana. the Raging Cajuns, in yeah, Louisiana. Raging Cajun. Yeah, so uh, I'd heard about some whispers about uh, uh, the UF AD Scott Strickland going over to uh, UF or going over to University of Louisiana to interview this coach, and I uh, heard about that, and I guess it came true. So uh, it's going to be a wild card move. He's not a coach from a Power Five school. Uh, so not, you know, we don't really know much about this guy, uh, if he can produce a winner, but certainly he's, uh, had a lot of good recruiting classes at his school. So hopefully improves, uh, the recruiting efforts for Florida. Ultimately that was, uh, Dan Mullen's, uh, downfall as a coach, yeah. uh, not being able to recruit as well. I mean, he had good play calling, just, um, uh, couldn't recruit. And that's, uh, what ended up being the difference maker there especially going up against Georgia, the Florida-Georgia game. Uh, Georgia has a lot of good recruits. They got good defense and everything. Yeah, Billy Napier, that's who's going to replace uh, Dan Mullen there. But uh, And then, of course, last year, they went up against Alabama in the SEC championship. And definitely, uh, if Florida had a better recruiting, they probably could have uh, 
been a little bit more competitive in that game because it was it was back and forth, but it's always like they were two scores behind uh, Alabama, and then they score, and then Alabama will score again, so you get two scores behind, and so you're always like uh, a game or a possession and a half behind uh, with uh, Alabama and sometimes even Georgia. So maybe we can start seeing some difference there, some changes, and and if, uh, Florida will be able to maybe start uh, dominating these big matchup games, rivalry games on a regular basis. Um, so at least, you know, and then, you know, the rivalry with FSU, they won over FSU this past weekend, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, rivalry weekend, college football. But if Florida's good, you know, it needs to, you know, make the rivalry games more meaningful. You know, uh, Florida being good, FSU being good, uh, certainly makes the uh, these type of games more meaningful. I mean, look at Auburn and Alabama uh, this past weekend. They went into like three overtimes. I mean, it was kind of crazy the way college overtimes work uh, with the two-point conversion rules now, but still. It was a wild game, and you know Auburn. Even though they're not as good as Alabama, they still bring it every year. Makes that game more meaningful. So hopefully for Florida, FSU, maybe um, Florida having better recruiting, um, better players make those games more uh, a lot more meaningful. And then of course, um, Urban Myers rumored to leave as well, which I hope he does. Take him away, take him away from Jacksonville. Don't let him ever come back. Uh, we'll see what happens. But um, Cliff Kingsbury suddenly possibly leaving the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I don't really understand that. He's only been NFL for what this is third season, and they're the top uh, seed in the NFL on the NFC side. So that's kind of puzzling, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, um, certainly, uh, the opportunity to coach Kyler Murray and guys like DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner, guess maybe go play uh, or uh, coach Oklahoma instead. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's better coaching college football for coaches like that. But uh, certainly maybe too soon to leave for Arizona, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I mean, I read that, uh, you know, just before we got on the air, uh, the Cliff Kingsbury thing, he has left, you know, positions and he left Texas tech to come to Arizona the same way. But, you know, with Oklahoma and Texas moving over the sec, it's probably not as great of a job as it might have been a year ago, you know, considering how great Lincoln Riley has done making Heisman Trophy winners, uh, whether it is Kyler Murray, whether it's Baker Mayfield, um, taking over from Bob Stoops and being able to continue that greatness at Oklahoma, but not to the same level where they're going winning national titles. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it was shocking that um, that Lincoln Riley signed with USC. You would have thought he would have went to the NFL. But instead, USC opened the bank to him and said, we'll give you whatever you want. And he went. And then everybody else is kind of stuck. I mean, Brian Kelly has made a habit over his entire career of Irish goodbyeing teams. And it's funny that he was a coach of the Fighting Irish. Uh, he did it to Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame. Now he did it to Notre Dame to go and uh, leave for the program that uh, for LSU. To try to beat uh, freaking Nick Saban uh, for an opportunity for a chance to get to the SEC, not only SEC title game, but also get to the national title or the final four. So there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, we'll see how that all works out between now and the next episode of the GSP. Uh, Josh, um, before we get into the credits and all of that, I mean, oh, yeah, that's right. I took an L to Professor J, uh, who hadn't won a game all year. So I took the big-time L. Um, 
unfortunately, but uh, my standing is still not too bad. Um, I'm in a place to go and make the playoff, albeit it's probably not as good as where I want uh, to be. So that's something that I'll have to go and try to correct relative to the end of the regular season before um lost out on Alexander Madison in both of the leagues I'm in, uh, which sucks. But, you know, you have to go and uh, deal with the thing with other teams. I mean, Josh, you ended up uh, using a lot of waiver money uh, to go and get a player to try to solidify your team after the the whooping that happened for you, um, which put you back in uh, the crosshairs of myself and other people. Yeah, we end the season, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think the end of the fantasy regular season, I think we have a matchup. So that could be pivotal in seeding. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we're probably going to end up playing. I think I said it when you were going and saying you're going to bend me over and fuck me in the ass <laughs> the first time. And it happened uh, that we're going to play multiple times. And the way things are rolling, um, I mean, more or less the way everything is rolling, you're going to be the three. I'm going to be the four. So it's going to take a lot. Um, it would probably mean I'd have to drop a position. You need to have people behind us actually show up. Um, I don't think Nikki's um, Nikki is. Oh, so they're going to go and use Marcus Freeman as. Okay, so I'm going to go. So we'll announce it here that um, Marcus Freeman, who's our current defensive coordinator, Afro-American gentleman, um, will end up uh, taking over who has prospects of um, being a head coach in other places. People thought he was going to go and take a job elsewhere, depending on where coaches came from. Um, They're going to go. Which team is this? This for Notre Dame. Uh, Marcus Freeman, their current defensive coordinator, will go and take over um, as the head coach. Uh, You have Marcus Stroman, uh, who's going to end up signing a three-year, $71 million deal with the Cubs, uh, the Oakland, the LA, what is it there? 83 teams for 82 Bulls, boss. Nobody cares. The fact that there's freaking 42, 40 bowl games is a joke. Um, College football uh, needs to be standardized. Yeah. Roxanne and Junior, we don't like each other. And it's a, wow, that's interesting. Um, I don't think Gino wanted me on the team. I don't like him. You don't like me. You don't like him. We sit her time away from him. Yeah. Yeah, because Gino knows you can't probably. Yeah, well, Gino Ariam has always had issues with players that were non Connecticut players. So, um, that makes it ready expect. Yeah, you know, I mean RG three is an idiot. I don't know why anybody gives him time of day. Um, um yeah, what is it? Adrian Peterson's gonna be signing with the Seahawks, so Josh can probably go and spend waiver budget on that, hoping he'll get ten I, yards on ten carries. I don't need any more running backs. I think I'm good now. Probably should yeah. have picked up Mark Andrews and uh fantasy then um what's his face? Uh uh uh, Vikram or whatever picked him up, so um, you know can't have them all, I guess. But yeah, that's yeah, Vikram's um, made more. Vic's made more room moves than anyone, and then yeah, I gave you Austin Eckler, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I get to play Vic this week and take a big L 
against him, and then I'm going to end up taking an L. Uh, you get to play Wilson after he took the L last week. Uh, Vic's on an eight-game losing streak, or eight-game winning streak, so um, it's going to be hard for me to come through. But then after I lost to freaking Professor J, who knows, maybe craziness happens here. Um, you are locked into the playoff um, no matter what happens. Excuse me. Um, and your number one waiver spot. So if he wanted to pick up anybody, you'd be the first choice. You yeah, get to play Wilson. Well, oh, you've been patient. You you don't make moves. That was you literally. I mean, that's the thing. You literally have only made fifteen moves. Um, I'm only the third most active manager this year. Usually, I'm the most active manager, but. Vic, um, ever since he got married, all of a sudden decided he's going to focus on fantasy football. Um, Interesting. So, so he's made double the moves of myself. Um, Wilson and I usually are the most active guys. So it'll be an interesting battle. The top four teams will be playing each other uh, as a preview to the playoffs. And then the sixth and seventh place teams will play each other. Uh, you know, Nikki will get to play Professor J. Um, and then the other game doesn't matter. And I mean, I guess it does because if uh, whoever wins that has a faint chance of making the playoffs. But otherwise, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I hold out that I'm not really going to be able to uh, show up. I don't really have much of a bench this week because Aaron Rodgers and Chuba Hubbard and Aaron Jones are all on bye week. And then Michael Carter, who's on the IR, will um, not be able to play for a while. So I only have a couple players I can go and fit into specific spots on my team to go and go against uh, Vic's effort that is basically a juggernaut. Um, he has Tom Brady, Cooper Cup, Cordero Patterson, Jonathan Taylor. Um, he picked up Andrews, as uh, Josh mentioned, Justin Herbert. Um, so his team is loaded um, and ready for bear. So we'll see if I can actually get a W. It'd be nice, um, considering I figure Josh is going to get me again in the regular season, and I'll be able to save it up for the postseason. But we will see what happens in regards to that. Um, let's see. So, uh, Josh, you have the floor for a moment or a few moments. So uh, tell us what what you're doing in regards to fantasy or what you're planning on doing on fantasy. Um, not just fantasy, but like I mean, sim racing and also with other things, and then we'll uh, get ready to close. Yeah, I mean, of course, as always, I mean, uh, I mean, haven't really done any sim racing in a week now, you know, traveling for Thanksgiving and then had to go on business travel last minute. So uh haven't been able to do that. But I mean, when I get back, I'll uh, have to do catch up on iRacing and all that stuff. But, you know, um, I mean, other things I'm interested in my life, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I do, you know, exercise, weightlifting, and, you know, there's some, some guy on YouTube that's been doing squats, like, every day for the past two years, like, two years straight, and um, it's a, you know, interesting guy that, I mean, this guy's name's, like, Ivan Jurich, I mean, I'll send a link to him after this, and you can watch it, but, you know, this guy's been squatting every day for the past two years, and, you know, he's got a good perspective, you know, not only on just, like, you know, sports, working out, whatever, but also on life, but, and, you know, how to, approach uh things and approach problems and everything so like listening to him seeing what he has to say but you know, two years that's a lot to be able to do um exercises every day like squatting that's a, a lot he does like 400 
you know, uh, what, 440 pounds squatting and then can pull like, um, I don't know, like five, at least 500, uh, like maybe does like 260 kilos. And I don't know how much is that in pounds, but that's quite a lot. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, inspiration for me and you know, a lot of other people on the internet. So, uh, yeah, I figure I'd bring that up I and mean, I don't really have a lot to talk about, but, uh, uh, this week, but yeah, that's basically what I gotta say. But yeah. Um, as always the, uh, Twitch stream, you know, follow the Twitch stream on twitch.tv slash sailor 2 and then Twitter uh, when I'm on, you know, at uh, JP Huffine on there at Twitter at JP Huffine. So uh, go look up me on there and we can, you know, talk, shoot the BS and talk about football and all that stuff. I mean, last F1, last two weeks of F1, talk about that. So uh, that's where you can find me. And, you know, as always, you know, thanks for accommodating me this week. Of course, you know, it was a little uh, bit uh, different this week, but, you know, appreciate uh, being able to have me on the show as always. Yeah, I mean, always you're, I mean, the point is you're my sidekick, you're my bro, so it doesn't matter. I mean, it's kind of shocked we're doing it today. I was thinking we were going to do it in a couple of days, but getting it out of the way is not a bad thing, the way things have been going. Um, I think it'll be something to see what comes of this classroom over the next few days since um, how things are going in there. Um, in regards to Vic, for me, it's going to be hard to beat him, but I'm going to put up a fight. Um, for the other people that are like, I'm trying to think of who has what, but, um, yeah, I mean, in regards to football, the Niners have won multiple, but two, three games in a row, they could bury the Minnesota, um, the Seattle Seahawks this weekend at Levi's and leave them for dead. Um, but I feel like Seattle, I fear Seattle in this spot. Um, players and the members, whatever, they'll go out there and actually do what they have to do. And in turn, they'll be able to do what they have to do um, in regards to getting the food, doing that for themselves. So it's something that we'll have to see in regards to what happens, the results. Um, Josh, where can we find you in regards to your social media and other handles? As always, follow at Twitch TV slash Sailor 2 for Twitch streams on iRacing, all other gaming stuff. And then, of course, uh, Twitter at JP Huffine. Follow me on there and talk about, you know, all the sports stuff, all the racing takes. And, you know, as always, I'll tweet the uh, uh, stream handle uh, whenever I decide to stream. So, so you can follow me and uh, talk about different things on the internet. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, follow Josh. On, follow Josh on his Twitch streams once he gets back home and um, follow him in general. You can listen to uh, his uh, layout and you can also listen towards what he's done and then um with me you can follow me at philip g matthew follow me at the email philip g matthew duck or at yahoo.com you get all kinds of things like that um for me probably gonna get anything that's um not as uh we didn't get that out there i mean you can follow me philip g matthew.com you can follow me at uh philip g matthew uh from there Go and take pain, uh, go and do whatever we have to do to get ourselves out of there and move forward. We'll be back uh, next week on the GSP to discuss 49ers, Jacksonville, Formula One at Jeddah and see if Lewis Hamilton has kept it championship battle um, going into that race next week. So um, if you don't have anything, Josh, I'm going to go and close the show. So thank you as always, brother. And have and everybody have a good evening and a good week before we come back next week to go and bowl, of course.